Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Paul says, now I'm going to confront this. And I love what he says in verse 14. Look at this with me. He says, but when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, he says, I said to Peter before them all, if you being a Jew live in the manner of the Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? And first off, the first part, he says, I, when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, Paul said, man, forget that mess. Y'all are not being straight up, straightforward about the truth of the gospel. This is a gospel issue. The Bible is the very word of God. Take it seriously. As you listen to today's message from Pastor Bill, he encourages you to walk in the truth that you have been given by God. All scripture is inspired by God for teaching, correction, and daily training of righteousness. It's important to turn to the whole counsel of God, not just bits and pieces that you want and that fits the God mode in your mind. Pastor Bill explains that when you study and know the whole counsel of the Lord, you're going to seek to walk in it. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Galatians chapter 2 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. The book of Galatians, written by Paul the Apostle, is written to churches. So it's not one church in Galatia, but there are several churches in a region of Galatia. And here's the issue. Paul went to Galatia, to that region, and he preached the true gospel, which we've gone over every single week. So I'm going to just say it real quick. The true gospel is this, from 1 Corinthians 15, 3-5. It's that Jesus died for our sins, according to the scriptures. Amen? Amen. That he was buried... And three days later, what? He rose from the grave, according to the scriptures. That's the gospel. That he was seen by Peter and others, and 500 more people saw him. But the gospel is that Jesus died for your sins and mine. And that three days later, he rose from the grave. That's the gospel. That's what God did. Everything in the gospel is what God did. God died, God rose. Amen? Is there anything in the gospel that you did? Nothing. He did. He died. He, I just want to make it clear because when we come to legalism, legalism is going to try to make something about you. It's not about you. It's not about me. I just want to be clear on that up front. So he died for our sins. He did that. He chose to do it. He came to do it. He obeyed the father's will to do it. And then after he died, he rose from the grave. Then how do you get saved? Somebody give me it's a one word. What do you do? We believe we receive. Right. Who gives you faith to believe? God gives you faith to believe. So. Everything you need in the salvation package is granted you by who? God. By God. So who gets all the glory for that? God. If we jack up the gospel, which is what the people in Galatia had done, if I say now he died, he rose, he did all that, and that's almost enough to save you. That's what they were saying in Galatia. What did they say you had to do in addition? Men had to get circumcised. And as I pondered that for the third week in a row, I thought, what about the women? Anyway, so, but they said to the men, you have to be circumcised in addition to what God did, then you're saved. You got to do something. When that just diminishes everything that we just said God did, what that says is what God did is almost enough, but not quite enough. And we need to all understand that is a slap in the face to God, the father who sent the son and to God, the son who paid the penalty. That is a slap. And that's saying what you did is almost enough to save me. But I need this little piece I'm going to do that are down now. It's a done deal. And it could be circumcision for some Jew. It could be baptism for some apostolic 
person. It could be you name it. People be adding all kind of things to what what else you got to do because some something innate in human nature. We want to own some part of it. I want to I want to be able to I need to feel like I'm better than somebody. What the gospel does, you guys, it makes everybody in this room is on level playing field. You might have grown up and went to good school, had a mom and a dad and lived a moral life. You might have grew up in the gutter, smoked crack and lived on the curb. And we both got to get saved the same way. So we both sinners. We both need the same thing and we both enter in the same way. And we're both equally when you come, they say the foot of the cross. Everybody at the foot of the cross is the same in need of what he did. So no one's at the foot of the cross saying, well, he needs it more than me. Nobody needs it more. Nobody needs it less. We all need it just the same. Amen. Amen. And so if we are, I want us to understand the gospel, right? Because I feel like two things. One, it'll help us to really understand Christian liberty and how Christ has truly set us free from any extra stuff. But I also believe it'll impact what we put off on other people. And we'll talk about it as we go through this morning's section. But two things, I guess, are covered. I almost, I almost gave the message two titles. Then I didn't give it no title. First, I was going to title it Letting Go of Legalism because legalism will be dealt with. And I hope everybody, when you get done with this message, y'all, let, if you're legalistic today, if you're one of those, like to put extra restrictions on folk, you know, like the, you like the extra stuff. I hope you feel real bad today. <laughs> I hope this message rubs you real wrong and that you stop that. You cut that mess out because God is not OK with that. God is not pleased with legalism. Second, I was going to name it confronting hypocrisy because Paul is going to confront Peter on his hypocrisy. Uh, I didn't name it either one, but we're going to talk about both of those as we go through the message. So look at chapter two of Galatians, starting at verse 11. When you get it, say got it. All right. It says now when Peter had come to Antioch. I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. This is what happens. Paul goes into the reason of Galatia, preaches the gospel that we just agreed was the real gospel, that Jesus did it all. He died. He rose. We received it by faith. We're saved. Boom. That's the gospel they have believed and were saved by. These <coughs> false teachers came in and we get a little bit of insight. The false teachers lie. They said they came down from James, but we know from elsewhere in scripture that they didn't really come from James. But they said they had come down and they added this extra piece that you guys need to be circumcised. So this is what happened. Peter is there and Peter believes the true gospel. I have to give this background. I don't have time to go look at the scriptures. But in Acts chapter 10, you guys remember there's a story where Peter was a Jew. Peter was a good Jew. He didn't eat no wrong stuff. And he had a vision. You guys remember the vision? It was a sheet coming down from heaven. On the sheet were all kind of unclean animals. And the Lord told Peter to do what? Rise, kill, and eat, right? And Peter said, not so, Lord. I don't eat that. I'm a Jew. I'm a good Jew. I'm kosher. I don't do that. And the Lord said, don't you call common what I've cleansed. And Peter understood from that vision that the Lord was saying, don't you call Gentiles common or unclean. I'm receiving them. And so Peter got that. That was, he had revelation from the Lord that Gentiles and Jews, we come in the same way. We come through the same door who is Jesus Christ in order to be saved. But now Peter gets caught up here. Peter's over here. And I'm just for sake of illustration. Y'all are going to be my Gentiles. Y'all cool with being Gentiles? 
you guys can be my Jews, okay? <laughs> Sorry, no bacon for you. So <laughs> Peter comes, he's hanging out with the Gentiles over here. They're having a good time. Peter's eating with them. We have our first bacon-wrapped dogs. I mean, we good life. He's fellowshipping, no problem. These guys come down from Jerusalem, Jewish Christians, and when they showed up, it says that Peter withdrew himself from them and went with these guys, and he wouldn't chill with y'all no more. Now, a few things wrong with that. One, what does that communicate to these believers? That y'all are less than. Y'all are not quite as saved as these guys over here. I was cool with you guys, but when they showed up, sorry, I got to go be with my real, with real believers now. Enjoy your bacon burger. And that's what Peter did. That's hypocrisy. That's fake. We get told in the text why he did it. It says he feared those who were of the circumcision. We'll come back to that because we'll see how that legalism, it creates this thing where people are living out of the fear of men and not the fear of God. So it communicates to these believers that y'all are not the same as them. Matter of fact, y'all are not as good as them. And it communicates to this group that you have something that they don't. You're better than them. We're a little more real than they are. And so Paul came down and saw this and was appalled. No pun intended. He was appalled that they were behaving this way. And I had this thought yesterday when I was looking at this, right? Anybody, like sometimes when somebody's been saved for a while and somebody brand new saved, when people first get saved, they're very, sometimes, not always, but they can be very on fire and zealous. Sometimes it's good for old faith to, to be stirred up by new faith, be confronted. I, I've seen people been saved for a while, somebody brand new gets saved and these people get convicted like man I ain't witnessed in four years this person ain't stopped witnessing, they bringing people to church and what's wrong with me, I know more than they do, it's convicting, it can be challenging I'm, I'm looking at Peter and the other apostles, they've been here a little while but here comes Paul, really unaffected by, he ain't been around that much, Paul's been away with the Lord, Paul shows up and he's like what is this mess, y'all know mm-mm Paul don't, you know, Paul is one that I, he not, he's not one for, you know, he said last week, he said, look, I came to these positive, those who I thought to be something, supposed to be a big deal, they, they didn't add nothing to me. Paul's a guy, I don't pay respect to no man, neither do I. I'm not treating these dudes like a big deal. He's getting ready to bring it to Peter is a big deal. He's one of the, you know, prominent apostles. Paul's like, mm -mm, you about to get confronted and we'll talk about that. So Paul shows up, Peter's doing this, behaving in this way. And it says that Paul withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. Is Paul wrong for this, right? Normally when we talk about confronting someone, we tell you to do it how? Privately, Matthew 18, get with them one-on-one, -on -one, don't involve other people, see if you can win your brother back. That's if there's an offense. This is a little different. Peter, the sin that you're committing is you're sinning in public as, a, as an apostle, as a representative of the Lord, you're gonna be confronted in public. You're sinning against God in front of these people. You're gonna be confronted with the truth in front of these people so they can know what's right and what's wrong between what you're doing. So I don't know if you guys have ever seen when a pastor falls or messes up. You don't get to the pastor falls. You preach in public. You live in public. You don't get to, you know, you don't get to be dealt with in a private meeting. They get brought forward. They got to say whatever it was they did. That's what they're supposed to do and, and deal with it. Paul says, I'm going to deal with you in public. This is not wrong. Paul's not in the flesh. He's saying, I'm dealing with this publicly because I want everybody to know that this is not right. It is not okay what you're doing here. And so he says, I withstood him to his face for he was to be blamed. Verse 12, for before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself. And then notice it says, 
fearing those who were of the circumcision. It was fear that caused Peter to act in this hypocritical way. He feared what they thought. One aspect of legalism is the fear of man, that people, many times when you look at legalistic people, they tend to make you feel bad about stuff that God didn't make you feel bad about. If you know legalistic people, they'll come around and they can affect the environment. Everybody might have been cool watching a certain show and then they came over. Oh, you watched that? Oh, we, we quit watching that a long time ago. You guys still watch that, huh? Mm, why? Okay. You, you know, just you, you guys still have a TV? Oh, yeah, we... we I mean, that's, that's, you know, we, we got rid of our TV, you know, when we really got close to the Lord. And, uh, you know, it's when we got rid of ours, you guys, but you guys still have yours. Okay. You know, and people can put, there's legalism that has to do with your salvation. And there's legalism that has to do with living pleasing to the Lord. I, it's just important that we are people that are focused on living for the Lord. That you can't be trying to please people. You can't be living to, you know, to please people or to satisfy what they expect of you. We're called to live in a place where God, I want to, I want, I want to fear you. I want to live in a way that, my, that, that I'm living pleasing to you. And people can fall where they fall on that spectrum. So in Proverbs, if you're writing notes, in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, it says, "The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be shall be safe." Fear of man brings a snare. You're, if, you're, if you're worried about people, if you're worried about living for their approval. You might do that and not even be living pleasing to the Lord. I believe that as Christians, our, our goal is to be pleasing to the Lord. We're to, we're to fear God, not necessarily fear men. We shouldn't be fearing men and we shouldn't live to please men. We want to live to fear God. And so there may be things in your personal walk as a believer that you got to take before the Lord. God, is this OK for me to do? Are you OK with this? Is there anything in your word explicitly that says that I shouldn't be doing this? If so, I shouldn't do it. And I'm not going to be made to feel bad about things that because someone else makes them feel holier. You know, that's what legalists do. Their one upsmanship is many times based on what they don't do that you do. That's how they get to be better than you. We don't eat. You do. Mm, we don't. We don't eat that. We, we don't participate in that. You do. Oh, mm, you know, uh, we observe this. You don't. Mm. And it, that's religion. You know, we observe these days. You don't. We fast for this period of time. You don't. Remember what Jesus said to the Jews in his day. He was not impressed whatsoever with all the stuff that they did. They kept laws. They followed rules. They fast. They tithe. They did all these different things. And some of the harshest words out of the mouth of Jesus. If you ever want to see Jesus, I know he never sinned. But if you ever want to see Jesus look like I'm at least going to say he was ticked off. And you go read it for yourself if you disagree. You go read Matthew 23 in your Bible. It's almost all red letters. And those are the words of Jesus reserved for the religious folk of his day. He called names. Jesus called names. You whitewashed sepulchers. Outward, you look clean. But inside, you're full of dead men's bones. Y'all fake. Calling you one. That's what he reserved. Those were words that he reserved. You brood of vipers, he called them. He said, you guys travel half the world to make one, you know, one proselyte. And after you win him, you make him twice the son of hell that you are. He said that to them. Twice. I mean, in the words of Jesus, he said, you mean you travel half the world and make it, you know, get someone to convert to what you believe. And then they twice the son of hell. That means you're a son of hell. You going to hell. You taking them too? that's what Jesus said for them. So I read those words and I think, wow, Jesus really didn't like religious folk. He really didn't like legalism because it gets in the way of everything he was coming to bring. He was coming to bring you and me liberty. Right? I'm going to free you from the law. 
I'm going to do this thing. It's going to be so different. This is what's different. Legalism says, I'm going to do these things to be accepted by God. I'm going to do these things so God will like me more, to be pleasing to God. That's what legalism says. Jesus says, and we'll see it as we continue through the text, I already love you. When you were at your very worst, I already loved you. When you were the worst you've ever been, I already loved you. Right before the foundation of the world, I chose you. So, so how do you improve upon that? How do I get a God that loved me at my very worst to love me more? Can't. I just at some point I just in faith say, "You love me like that, Lord." Then I love you back. Then I receive it. I just, I just, I receive what you're doing. I receive the love that you're giving me, God. I receive what you're making available to me. I can't improve upon that kind of love. It would be foolish to try to. Right. That's why God says the gospel of grace. What is grace when you get what you don't deserve? You ruin grace when you start trying to deserve it. God says, I'm giving you what you don't deserve. Okay, well, if I do this, can I earn it? No, and I'm giving you what you do. You never can deserve it. You'll never be worthy of it. You've never been worthy of it. You can't be worthy. Just receive it and say thank you. And this is what this is how the relationship should flower and blossom. You want your relationship with the Lord. If you really want to please God, this is how you please God. In faith, you receive everything that He says He's done for you and makes available to you. And in response, now in response, now as a man that would say, God, you loved me when I was unlovely. You reached out to me when I wasn't thinking about you. You saved me when I was at my worst. You have washed away all my sins by the blood of your son. Jesus. God, I'm so thankful. I'm so broken. I'm so humbled that you would do that for me. You could have my life. I love you. I'm not working to win your approval now. I'm saying, God, since you've already approved me, I just want to I just want to make it worth your while. I just want my life to say thank you. My obedience is worship. You know, my, my holy life, my set apart life is an act of worship. My forgiving mean people is a it's, it's an act of worship to you. But you forgave me when I was messed up. And so that's that's the relationship that the Lord is wanting to bring about in our lives. That that removed, that, that ruins religion. That means everything I'm doing is everything I'm doing is motivated by the love of God. I'm responding to something great that's been done for me. It'll keep me from being legalistic upon myself. But it'll also impact how I minister to other people. And I got to say this because I think that legalistic people are bad Christians. They're bad examples and they don't preach the gospel right. If you're a legalistic Christian, you think that the way you get right with God and please God is by doing and not doing. And then that's how you'll present to people. That's how you present to your kids. You run your kids away from the Lord. Stop this. Stop this. Stop that. Do this. Do this. That's not what God wants. They don't even know God yet. You ain't even sure you don't know the gospel yet. So here's what legalistic people do is how they preach the gospel. And I'm going to give you three scenarios that are prevalent in our culture that are hot topics and different things. We got Susie, homosexual. We got James sleeps with my girlfriend, live under the same roof. And I got I got Robert smoke dope and get drunk every day. Those are my three people. I got somebody gay, somebody in regular sexual sin and somebody that gets loaded every single day. A legalistic person would share the gospel with them like that. You shouldn't be that way. God didn't make you that way. God doesn't want you to do that anymore. That, that's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. You should stop getting high and getting drunk. That's not what God wants for you. Is that the gospel? It's not the gospel. And, and they don't have the power and they probably don't even have the desire to, to change any of those things. They're just doing what, what when you weren't saved, didn't you just do what you was doing and you liked it? When you're not saved, that's what you do. They're, everybody here is doing what they want. They're living lawless. They're not, they're, you know, God has a better life. No, I'm fine right now. That's not the gospel. The gospel is not God has a better life. They're having a great time sometimes. You know, here's the gospel. 
And it preaches to all three of them saying, God loves you. Can I say that to all three of them? Absolutely. How do you know he loves me? Romans 5 eight says he demonstrated his love to you and that while we, while we were yet sinners, Christ died. God loves you so much. And it doesn't matter what you're doing today. He loves you. It doesn't matter what you've ever done. He loves you. And he demonstrated that love and he died for you. The Bible says that we're all sinners and we don't have to get all specific with them. Everybody, you're all sinners. Have you ever told a lie? Yes. And we, we're all sinners. We've all, we're all the same. I'm like you and you're like me. We all come the same way. We've all sinned against God. But this is what he did for you guys. You, you and you. He sent his son to die for your sins, died for him. He paid him full on the cross for your sins. Three days later, he rose from the grave. Jesus conquered death and sin and Satan and the resurrection. And what God makes available to you, same thing he made available to me, is forgiveness and acceptance through Jesus Christ. He would receive you today as his son or daughter if you would believe in him. Would you, would you do that today? Right? Now, that's different than saying, well, stop that and change that and fix that. Mm, get saved first. Come to him first. Get enter into a relationship with him because now we got something to work with. When you get saved, the Bible says that God works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. To want to do and to be able to do. Right now, they don't want to do. And if they did, they don't have the power anyway. So get saved first. Let's, let's do the gospel. Let's share the gospel with you guys first. Let's say you reject the gospel. I disagree. Okay. Well, that's the, conver- the conversation I'm going to have with you guys is a gospel conversation because that's what you need right now. Now, if you're telling me I received the gospel, I'm born again, I'm saved, we have a different conversation. But legalists will run them off. A legalistic person will say, you need to stop that and change that and God doesn't like that, God hates that and you're going to go to hell for that and bam, bam, bam. And where's the good news? Where is the good news? That's not the good news. But that's what's common today. That's what people are doing. That's what Christians are doing. They're doing on social media. Some of them make us look so bad, misrepresenting God to people that need him the most. So I want to make sure that we're not that church. Amen. That we're not misrepresenting, that we understand what the gospel is and how it preaches and how to present it to somebody that needs it. Because that legalistic message is not going to help them. That message that says change and come is not the true. It's not the true gospel and it won't help them. It's going to it's going to push them away because they don't want to change. So they'll never come. And we helped it. We helped. It's like it's like helping Satan keep people away from what they need. Amen. So I'm going to come off of that, but I, I need us to understand that so we can all do better. Amen. So let's uh, move it on now. So Paul confronts Peter on his hypocrisy and he says in verse 13, and the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. And so Peter's error made the other Jews stumble. And even Barnabas, who was one of the prominent leaders in the church, he also was like, OK, well, I guess just following Peter's example. Why do I why is that important? Because you're if you vouch for or give way to legalism, you're going to have an impact on other people. The legalistic people that are raising their kids that way, they got legalistic kids, people that got rules and regulations. That's their understanding of who God is. If you're legalistic leadership in church. You'll create legalistic people in the pews. That's what will happen. Peter, as a leader, and his legalism and his failure and his hypocrisy here, he led other people astray. They followed his bad example. And so Paul says, now I'm going to confront this. And I love what he says in verse 14. Look at this with me. He says, but when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, he says, I said to Peter before them all, if you being a Jew live in the manner of the Gentiles and not as the, as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles 
to live as Jews. And first off, verse, first part, he says, I, when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel. Paul said, man, forget that mess. Y'all are not being straight up, straightforward about the truth of the gospel. This is a gospel issue. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Today's message from the book of Galatians is available online to be listened to again. Just visit CalvaryEnglewood.org and click on media or download our mobile app to listen to more teachings. You'll find a link on our website or just search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. We'd love for you to join us for church this weekend too. While we can't meet you in person right now, we're still joining you live in your own home with our online worship services. Join us Sunday at 9 a.m. on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, or on Instagram. There's links to all of those on our website. CalvaryEnglewood.org. We're also streaming on Wednesday at 7 p.m. on those same platforms, or you can watch later through our YouTube channel. All of that is available at CalvaryEnglewood.org. And when we're able to meet together in person again, we want you to join us. Keep checking CalvaryEnglewood.org for the latest updates and stay safe and well in the meantime. Before we go today, we'd like to take a moment and invite you to be a part of what we're doing here at A Transforming Word. Would you preferably consider becoming a financial partner of this ministry? Each gift, no matter the size, is used to keep this program growing and reaching people with the gospel message. If you feel like God is leading you to support us this way, you can give securely at CalvaryEnglewood.org or through our mobile app. Thanks for praying about this. And thanks for tuning in for today's edition of A Transforming Word. <music>